Welcome to the Plexus Secondary Education School Leadership Podcast Series. We are excited to have Bob Bennett, Principal of Middlesboro High School in Middlesboro, Kentucky, and the past president of the Kentucky Association of School Administrators. Well, welcome everyone to the Plexus Secondary Leadership Podcast. Um, David Lineber is one of the vice presidents of Plexus, and I'm very pleased today to have Bob Bennett, the principal of Middlesboro High School in Kentucky. And we're very pleased to have you here today, Bob, and glad you could join us. And again, thanks for taking the time to share a little about yourself and your story and, and just kind of be part of our secondary podcast where we learn about how it's going, where you are, how you're doing, and just a little bit about your journey. Thank you, David. I, I really appreciate you having me. It was interesting reading through some of how much you've been involved in from a, well, you're a current pastor at a church, been a pastor multiple times at different Baptist churches and MBA church, correct? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And as I was sharing with you, Central Baptist College, who we work with is an MBA school. So oh, yeah. very interesting yeah. we'll about that more later. If you want, we, we have some really neat connections there. Um, you're, you're, you've been a teacher, a pastor, a leader in so many different organizations and I kept thinking, which I'd love to ask all of our guests is, you know, how did you get where you were with your walk through those different levels? Tell us about that. Um, I, I would like to say I had a plan, <laughs> but, but, uh, but in truth, the, the Lord had a plan for, for me as he does for everyone. And, and, uh, and so I've, I've been very blessed along my, my journey. And, and uh, so I started out in the military, having graduated high school here. At 17 years old, a long, long time ago, and uh, the, the army introduced me to the need to be uh, better educated. Uh, I had no intention of going to college. Both my parents were high school dropouts, and uh, you know, my my dad uh, was was sort of forced to uh, leave high school and, and find work to support his grandmother. Um, my my mother left high school as well. Uh, both were gainfully employed, you know. Uh, my dad passed away when I was very young, mm. um, and uh, that changed my trajectory a bit. But, uh, but yeah, I left here, joined the Army, planned to do that for 20 years and, and retire from there, and uh, ended up seeing uh, the influence that mathematics could have on my life. Um, learned to calculate demolition um, and Interesting. engineering work in the military, and uh, from that, learned to appreciate and, and really enjoy mathematics. Got a, a bachelor's of science degree in math, um, and then decided I wanted to teach school and became a secondary mathematics teacher. And then, you know, in my life took different pathways through that <laughs> as, as doors opened, and and, uh, and I've ended up doing this work, um, you know, for the last thirteen-ish years as a, as a high school administrator. It's fantastic. And you've been involved in professional organizations as well in Kentucky, correct? Yes, sir. I've been very fortunate. I've, I've been, uh, I was president of the Kentucky Association of Secondary School Principals for a while, for a couple of years. And, and now I'm the immediate past president of, of the Kentucky Association of School Administrators. And we are our state's largest administrative organization. We have over 3,400 members. Oh, wow. We, we have, we do extensive work across the state. Uh, we touch every district in Kentucky. Uh, we're connected with the Department of Ed, uh, and we do legislative uh, advocacy work as well. 
Uh, so we're we're active at uh, Capitol in Frankfurt as well as in DC. Uh, so yeah, that's that's taken me different places as well. So it's, I mean that I love the combination from the standpoint of understanding policy and advocating for it, which is you know moving policy forward is its own challenge unto itself and developing it, and then getting it passed in a fashion that allows you to be successful in what you're thinking you're going to get, and then implementing it. And then as a principal, the direct impact and the implications of implementing it. So you really see both sides of the coin there. How has that affected you as a leader? So I, th- I think it's made me, I, I hope uh, it-, it has made me a, a better leader. Um, I would like to think so anyway. Being able to see both sides of, of how, first of all, legislation is discussed and ultimately passed, interpreting that and putting it to work in an administrative way and then working with our teachers to take that and, and implement it in the classroom. Uh, so you do get to see, you know, from beginning to end, how that can impact student learning. Uh, and at the end of the day, I, I think it, I'm very fortunate to get to speak to um, those who, who get to make those decisions, uh, speak to them about what our, our students need and how those decisions they make can impact every child. It's all about kids, you know, so at the end of the day, that's our job to take care of our kids. That's very true. And with 3,400 people, I I think when we were emailing a little earlier, you said you were at the convention, the statewide convention. We were trying to set up a time and you were busy with that. What are you still part of the coordinating committee for the convention? Are you pretty involved still? Well, it's a, it's a pretty large group that, that puts together our annual leadership institute. Oh, uh, and, and I have participated in that in the past as an executive officer. Of course, I've, I've been involved, uh, but the ALI team, we refer to them as, they, they coordinate and work for a year uh, to put that event together. So we have upwards of 2,000 of our members who do attend. Um, wow. And uh, we have some of the best from all over the country who come in and speak and, and provide uh, professional development opportunities for our, our membership. So it's quite an event. It's extraordinary. That, that, that's fantastic. And I'm sure you take that and bring it right down to your high school, working with your teachers and faculty. Um, I know that you're right. Schools are about the kids. And those of us who've been involved in both the administrative side and faculty side, like you have, encouraging your faculty and staff to, you know, come come to work every day, enjoy it, and see the kids as part of that process of parents. How did what do you do to develop the faculty and staff? What are some of the things you guys work on together? So keep us focused on um, what our purpose is, yeah. um, and it's it's no different than it is in any facet of life, you know. When we go to uh, at our church, when we meet on Wednesday evenings uh, for our Bible study or Sunday mornings for our services, um, we, we need to leave there with hope. Right. You know, uh, it's hard enough to live here in the world. We need, we need hope. And it's the same way here. We can get fixated on things that don't work. And, uh, as someone, I guess it's trifle to say, but somebody, somebody said a long time ago to me, we spend 95% of our time on 5% of our our problems, you know, <laughs> that's true. You know, we, we need to turn that around and spend that 95% of our time on, on the things that are going well and making them better. Uh, so uh, that's what we focus on. What, what are our strengths and how can we make them stronger? 
and make things better for your grandkids. I like that. I like that. And your and your school has what around five hundred students? Is that right? High school? Uh, approximately four. It, it's around three seventy. Okay. Total for our student population. Uh, now we imagine it's in the community. You you know everybody. People know you. Uh, you kind of see people around and the students and the parents. Um, I know I always enjoy that um, seeing the principals. And one time I was at a movie, the principal was right in front of me. I went up and I tapped him on the shoulder. I was like, Hey, how you doing? And this is a middle school principal. And he was, he was very engaged with the parents. He knew people. He was just such a nice person in the midst of the way he spoke to the parents, how he presented to them and also how he interacted with you. But he was also a very effective administrator, but he had that personal touch, which made people feel very welcome in the community. You know, when you see yourself in the midst of the community and your role, how, like when you run into people, you must enjoy that and enjoy that part of the job as well. Certainly. Yeah. And, and being a product of this town um, and and having the opportunity, I've been in four different school systems Mm. And having had the opportunity to come home and try to work to make a difference here, that means a lot to me. I know you're an alumni. Mm-hmm. I am. Of your own high school. <laughs> yeah, it's kind of strange. Yeah. <laughs> Do you have any awards or pictures on the wall of you from various things you've done in the past? My only claim to fame here back in the early 80s was I was an all-state xylophonist. So, uh, you know, there you go. Xylophone, a musician as well. Do you still play the xylophone? Uh, no. Um, <laughs> but um, I, I was awarded, it was, it was quite a, a pivotal moment in my life that the Kentucky Music Education Association awarded me the uh, Kentucky Administrator of the Year mm. uh, in recognition of my support of the arts uh, during my time as an administrator in our state. And, uh, to having gone from being an all-state student to being recognized by the same association as an adult educator was, was quite a moment. You know, those kind of, I wouldn't say bookends, but those things along our path in life, they really are special, especially when you think about what you've been through to get to where you are. Mm-hmm. And when you see, the reason I mentioned that, what I'm thinking is that you have, you have these beautiful teenagers in front of you, right? And my career has been dedicated to working with teenagers to get them to college and mm-hmm. then beyond. And they're still trying to figure it out. They're trying to figure out who they are and what they want next. And, you know, when you're working with your team or when you're working with them, how do you help them see that in themselves so that they can be the best they can be, right? Because the the best is defined in so many different ways. You know, especially as a teenager, the best could be one of the best basketball player. Or I'm a really, really good driver and everyone trusts me to be able to drive them everywhere. You know what I mean? There's so many different ways that the best is defined. Yeah. Yeah, it is. But I I learned, you know, I've struggled with that for quite a while personally. And then um, I participated in what's called the leadership challenge. Okay. They're from California. So, Um, but uh, anyway, I, I learned uh, from, from that course that it's about your personal best and trying to find the time in your life when you, did the very best you, and you felt the best about what you did. Um, and, and that's what I try to convey to our kids. You don't have to be me. You don't have to be mom or dad. You don't have to be the sports hero you're, you idolize. You need to be the best you. And I know that sounds trifle too, but the truth is they all have their own special gifts. 
Yes, sir. They need to find their strength like I do with our faculty and, and try to build on what they do well. I think there's some research somewhere that talks about how that it's best for teachers, um, educators to focus on their strengths, because if you just focus on your weaknesses, all you can do is make your weaknesses just a little bit stronger. But you can take a strength yeah. and really focus on how to improve what you're good at. You can be great. You know, that's a really, really good point. Are you familiar with Hattie's scale? Mm-hmm. I, I was reading that one of the, um, Professors is a friend of mine who's in education. Her, her specialty is educational leadership. And she shared a little about Hattie's scale. And I started reading. I'm like, this is, first of all, it's absolutely fascinating. The research done over, you know, decades. Mm-hmm. Feedback. And that the number one way to motivate a student is teacher self-efficacy. Yeah. So with your new teachers and them needing to develop that, or even seasoned teachers who go up and down, how do you how do you help teachers sustain their self-efficacy, which makes the kids believe in themselves too, right? So what, yeah. what do you do with them? Yeah, it's funny you should mention that because I'm, I'm currently working on uh, my dissertation and ah and, and and so there there's two theories I'm I'm, I'm trying to understand better. And one is Bandura's theory of self-efficacy, and uh, the other is one of helplessness. Um, but, but I do believe that. So as, as we work with our folks and, and try to help them become the best version of themselves as an educator, that, that efficacy of individually can turn into collective efficacy if we manage it correctly. And then that leads into how we provide that sense of agency, independence in our own kids here in the building and help them become efficacious as well. Um, and, and in hopes of, of them becoming, as adults, leaders in our community. And we, we really do need that. Uh, but, yeah, that's, that's, uh, it's funny you should bring that up because that's been the center of my life for the last six months. <laughs> is, you know, as you and I have been, well, I'll say I've been around for a little while. And uh, I don't want to – and, you know, when you walk through career paths and different steps – when you have people looking to you, the belief in yourself and your own abilities in a way that allows other people to facilitate their own belief is so key, not being like the center of everything, right? That's not what I desire to be ever. It's how can I have confidence and be able to help people with their own confidence? Right. Right. And, and, you know, with, with teenagers in high school, you know, everything's going through their head. The, the idea of what it means to have a miserable day or an unsuccessful day is very different for them than it is for you and I. Yeah. Um, and you run into that and you just, with my own children, I want to see them have that belief that they're good enough first and foremost. Mm. And I think that's huge, especially, obviously you develop it, but I think the high school age is such a unique period of time. And I had a principal from Newton North, um, high school say this, like, you know, it's one of the last times where kids are forced to be together. Yeah. It's high school. And and I never thought about it that way, but it's true. I was like, oh, okay. It is. It very much is. I'm like, it's very true. And what do you do with that forced time yeah. and putting those things together? So we, we have conversations about intentionality. Um, I meet with our kids 
just had a meeting this week with, with freshman students and, and trying to push them to think about the moment they're in. It, mm. It's so important because they, they do live in the moment, but I'm not sure that they're focused on the important things that are taking place at that moment. So trying to talk to them about what is important, being intentional about goal setting and thinking beyond what's going on here today, your next week. Because four years goes by really quickly. Yeah, it does. It flies. They, they don't think it does, but, uh, but it, it does. And, and I often remind them of, of running into students after they've graduated and they have one of two things to say to me. Uh, they either say, Mr. Bennett, you know, I remember what I did in high school with you and it was so great and uh, mm. I learned a lot and I used that and applied it and, and I'm doing really well now and, you know, and I tell them how proud I am of it. And I also hear students who say, I wish I had done better mm. and had listened to you telling me to think about where I am and where I'm going. And, but oftentimes they will say, it took me a while to get there, but I'm here now. And I say it doesn't matter how long it takes as long as you get there eventually. And I'm still proud of them for, you know, everybody has their own paths. It's like I did. It wasn't perfect, but, you know, we, we got somewhere. And, <laughs> and the Lord helps us all do that. And I'm, I'm thankful. But well, the, I appreciate your groundedness, you know, as a pastor and your church and those mm-hmm. things. Because I do think it, it, your people are different leaders as a result of their faith. I think that has an impact in the midst of the way you see people, the way you engage, and even the way you listen to other people around you. Um, when you're, do you have parent meetings often where you talk to the parents about different issues or welcome meetings? We we do. We we did more before COVID. Uh, oh, yeah. <laughs> that, that altered everything, so we're trying to get back on track fast. What what kind of issues are coming up lately that you're hearing about from the parents? What are they talking about? Yeah. So it's it's a uh, you know, it's a myriad of things. There, there, there's a lot of, of, of different things with parents here. Um, most of our parents now are focused on wanting their kids back in school uh, and trying to be back on track with, with everything. So our kids are struggling with sometimes with anxieties. Uh, oh. Some struggle with uh, issues of being back in a crowd, being back in a classroom. The expectation's different because they were home for a year and a half. And, you know, so that adjustment, adjustment of being back around people, back around friends, back in the throes of every day I have seven classes and the expectations are sometimes overwhelming. So, so that adjustment uh, back to reality is, uh, it has been a challenge. Because a two-year change in reality is a significant shift. It's not like it's a month. It's, we're looking at two years of Massive shift for so many people. Yeah. And I know we chatted about that briefly just in when we were talking before kicking off the podcast. What, you know, share a little bit about how you're helping the kids and the parents even connect to resources, whether it's on campus or off campus, those kinds of things to help them through that stuff. Yeah. So, so you know, we're a small school and, and you would think with the numbers that we have um, that it would be easy to, to take care of. Uh, of our kids, it, it's been more difficult because being away from each other through, mm-hmm. for that period of time and coming back together has, I think, in some ways, sort of helped us to reassess where we are, see where our kids are, and see their needs. And they're a little more vocal about what their needs are. I'm, I'm, 
I'm grateful for that too. We we have four counselors here, which is kind of unheard of in such a small school. That's fantastic. But, but they stay they stay busy um, every day uh, trying to meet our kids' needs. Mm-hmm. So they have you know our kids have people that they trust uh, with whom they can they can talk and. We're just fortunate to have those resources. We have a Gear Up program. Are you familiar with Gear Up? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Gear Up. Yeah. yeah. Program. So, so, yeah, we have lots of resources from Gear Up, personnel and, and other programs. And, and those folks are valuable to our kids as well. Which university are you connected to for Gear Up? Uh, Berea. Berea there. College. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So you're familiar with that area. Definitely. Yeah. yeah. So um, they, they, uh, They've been a godsend to us, really. So uh, they're, they're focused on helping our kids go to college, uh, to the military, or, you know, find that career pathway that they need um, to get ready for life beyond high school. So uh, we, have, we have so many resources now that it's, it's, it's really a good place for our kids. I mean, programs like Gear Up are fantastic. Mm-hmm. I, was, uh, I was on the board for, it was called Cal Soap Gear Up for uh, Gilroy, Southern Santa Clara Valley county area here in uh, California near San Francisco. It's south of San Francisco and extends down into the farm country um, where I live down on the coast. Hmm. And it was interesting to just to work with the folks and what, what they do to stay engaged. And, you know, our university, we had team members who were under our trio umbrella, which was gear up and things working with them. And then they were in the high schools and just seeing the struggles of what the families and the kids and the information they brought to us to help us do things better as a university was very powerful as well. Yeah, you yeah. can see what they're doing. And it's, I mean, I love those programs and the people run them. I mean, their passion and their engagement is truly amazing. And, and, and we are a rural area where we are yeah. relatively isolated, meaning that we can't get somewhere quickly um, to a large area that has cultural things to offer. Um, and, and going to visit a school, a, a university or a college is a, is a hardship, really, yeah. Some, most of our students. So the, the things that Europe provides and bringing universities to us, uh, we, we have a couple of events coming up soon where our kids will have the ability to speak with representatives from a half dozen universities that they normally wouldn't have contact with other than getting on the computer and looking online. And you really can't tell, you know, uh, by looking at a screen. Uh, but that human connection is, is powerful. Love that. I love hearing that kind of connection because you're right. It's all about the people. Mm, it's all about that people and connection. And um, I know I keep talking a little bit. So in Monterey, when I was the director of admissions at Cal State Monterey Bay in the city of Salinas, we worked with their school districts to get the sixth graders to come to campus. Mm. Good time. We call it our University Promise Program. And I went to this one superintendent and I said, hey, I, you know, we'd like to pay for a few buses of kids to come out. Um, you know, what do you think if, you know, if we have four or five buses come and she's like, I'm sending all of them. She's like, I'm paying for every student to come. We have the funding. And so we had 3000 kids come to campus on, we had to break it up over five days because we couldn't handle 3000 at once. But, yeah, that's fantastic. But the commitment of the superintendent of the Salina city, silly city elementary school district was just fantastic. Yeah. And, and I would imagine, you know, the university and that kind of partnership, you guys have been able to do tons of stuff with them as well. Yeah. And so we, you know, when, when I first came, we worked for a couple of years. 
with the president of Southeast Community College. Uh, he's also a Middlesbrough grad, but a, a huge advocate for kids, uh, Dr. Vic Adams. And uh, we, we put together a program to establish an early college academy. Oh, nice. We both felt that it wasn't enough just to get dual credit hours. And, and right. You know, anywhere from three to 30 college hours. I, I felt like we could, you know, we would have kids who could earn a, an associate's degree. Yeah. Uh, Dr. Adams agreed. And, and to, to this day, now we have a, we have 24 kids so far that have graduated with associate's degrees. And we have a, a cohort of five that just started with five who will graduate this year. So uh, it's, a, it's wonderful. And, and I know the numbers may be small, but, you know, you take into account our small number in our community uh, that impacts those students' lives. Uh, our first kids who graduated, one of them is a successful uh, nurse in a large city at a red, relatively large hospital. The other is a doctor uh, and lives in another state. And, and that two-year program changed their lives. And, you know, I, I, that's fantastic. Early college programs are, are truly transformational. Yeah. And it sounds like it met those kids where they're at and what they needed. Like, you know, there's, I mean, if they're hungry for it and they do it and they jump on and go, I mean, you, you get an associate's degree by the time you're high school and graduate college at what, 19, and then you're in med school, 20, boom, you're in a whole different league. Absolutely. Yeah. It does, it does wonders. It's done wonders for those, those kids. And I can remember the first year, you know, we had meetings and Parents who were concerned, kids can't go to college, they're too young, they can't do it. And the truth is that we, you know, we're blessed to tear down that barrier. Kids can. Uh, they can do a lot more than we think uh, if we just give them the opportunity. They proved it. They did prove it. And it sounds like more are going in all the time, which is great. Every year. Yeah, it's fantastic. I love that. Those, you know, just thinking about all the different students I know and Actually, one of my colleagues who worked with me, she went to early, they call it middle college here, middle yeah. college program. Yeah. Um, and we were talking about it the other day, and I was like, that's just awesome. Yeah. And they, they, they end up going to uh, going to a larger university as a junior. You know, so so it's, a, it's, a good, it's, it's a good thing for our kids. And that's, uh, you know, that's what we've tried to work for, establish things that, Long term, will be here after we're done. Absolutely, you know. I feel like one one of the things I've enjoyed about talking to you is there's so much more we can talk about. <laughs> you know, one of those things, and I mean, not just I mean, it, your professional organizations and developing your leaders, your school, the community. We've covered such a neat array of things. One one of the things I love to end on, and we can wrap this up, is you know when you look at your vision or your district's vision for where you see yourself in three to five years? What are the things, some of the things you guys have on the table that you're working on? Yeah. So who knows where we'll be in five years? I'm not sure where I'll be at that point, but um, if, if, uh, if, if things continue to move forward, uh, we, we have a STEM program we're developing mm. uh, and, and we're hopeful that uh, the benefactor who has started this program for us that it will grow and, and make a huge difference have a great impact in our, our school system um, and the, uh, the things that our kids are going to be exposed to and hopefully learn. I, I look for that to be a, a, 
have a huge impact on our community. Um, we also have Lincoln Memorial University just across the mountain. It's oh, yeah. miles from us as the, as the crow flies, as we say. But um, it, it's just the next door, and it's growing leaps and bounds. Uh, so our kids here find more and more opportunities to pursue professional degrees there, and, and I look for that to continue to grow as well. Uh, and, you know, the, the community that, that we live in here, um, it was a coal team. Okay. You know, um, economically, we have our difficulties. Uh, there are some uh, groups of, of uh, there's community members who are working to revitalize downtown. Uh, that looks like it's on the move and maybe moving upward. I, I think in three, five years, we'll see big changes there. And that will mean a lot to our students as well. Again, having hope. Yeah. See structures in place that, that are bringing change um, economically. Will help them as well see a need to, you know, be further educated and bring back something to lead this community. I like it. I like it. I, I like what you, how you ended that with keeping those structures in place that keep those foundations strong. That's huge. Yeah. Big, big part of being a successful educator all around. Yeah. A community member. Uh, Bob, thank you for your time. I really appreciate it. What a great conversation. Like I said earlier, we could keep talking for hours. At least I could. Maybe you can't, but I could. Pretty no, sure. I, could. I could, Dave. It's been enjoyable. <laughs> I appreciate you taking the time to speak with us. You're welcome. You're welcome. Thank you for joining the Plexus High School Leadership Podcast Series. If you'd like more information on this podcast or Plexus, please visit us at plexus.com forward slash solutions. Thank you.